0: health information from experts supported by research. From University of Utah Health, this is thescoperadio.com. You
1: hurt your back? What can you do on your own and when should you go see a doctor? Dr. Andrew Joyce is a physical medicine and rehabilitation specialist. He's also an expert at helping patients manage neck and back pain. Dr. Joyce, I was shocked to find out that low back pain is the number two reason Americans see their health care provider. Is it for this kind of a acute back pain that we're talking about that they're usually seeing their doctor
0: for? In most cases, yes. Uh, I think a lot of people have chronic low back pain as well. But um, I think uh, most of us tend to see a lot of acute low back pain and particularly my primary care colleagues see tons of it.
1: And and we're talking in this particular Q&A that we're doing together about uh, acute back pain, which is back pain that, you know, you were just doing something and you, you hurt yourself, right? Is that kind of what we're talking about there?
0: Yeah, um, and it doesn't even have to be doing anything in particular, but you wake up, you have back pain, and you're, you don't know where it came from, or you were lifting something and tweaked something throughout their back is a common phrase that people will use. All of those count as, as what we're talking about today.
1: And technically, when you say acute back pain, that's back pain that lasts less than
0: four weeks, right? Four weeks or less? Depending on which guidelines you use, some people say four weeks, some people say less than six weeks, but somewhere in that range.
1: All right. So, but if I hurt my back, like one day, I don't know how long it's going to last. So is there a better way to, to, to kind of determine what type of back pain I have? I suppose if I was doing something, it's pretty obvious that, oh, well, I tweaked my back doing that, but like this wake up scenario, mm-hmm. how could I tell that maybe that isn't a, a symptom of something bigger? Because a lot of times, right, back pain is a symptom of other things, isn't it? you got to kind of rule out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's when we we start looking at kind of these, what we call red flags. So um, you know, it's very common that people will hurt their back and, and oftentimes the pain can be very severe and debilitating. Severity doesn't always correspond with something being necessarily worse. Um, there's actually a set of red flags that we look for um, to kind of try to triage and look for people who might be at risk for having other sources of back pain that uh, warrant further investigation.
1: All right. So before we kind of get to that acute back pain, I think it's really important to hit those kind of red flags to, you know, somebody can make an informed decision that they need to see their healthcare provider sooner than later or trying to take care of themselves. What are those red
0: flags? Big ones are trauma. Obviously, if you're like in a car accident, uh, that would factor in. If you have new fevers, numbness, tingling, weakness in your legs. If you have a history of cancer, if you're having any bowel or bladder changes, uh, you use any blood thinners, have cancer, have IV drug use. All these things could potentially be risk factors, and those were things that reasons that we'd want you to be evaluated more soon.
1: And if um, a patient doesn't believe that that's the case, if they truly just believe, oh, I must have slept funny or I did something, what can a patient do on their own for acute back pain before they need to see a doctor? What are some recommendations you would have?
0: Yeah. So the first thing we actually recommend is that you avoid bed rest. You know, 50 years ago, everyone got recommended, oh, just stay in bed, let yourself heal. And what we found is that we were actually giving people a lot of bad advice. What we recommend now is actually that you try to stay as active as you can tolerate. You know, for most people, when they're having an acute back pain flare, they're pretty uncomfortable. So even simple things like getting up, showering, cooking a meal, eating can be somewhat uncomfortable. But our recommendations are to actually try to stay active um, because recovery is faster when you do that. And is that because you're getting more blood to the area? What's going on there? Do we know? I'm not sure if we have exact answers on that. Some of it is that we're probably reducing some of the stiffness. You know, when people have a lot of back pain, they don't move their muscles. They get really stiff, and that can cause more pain. I think we're also testing it. You know, some people with back pain are really afraid that they're going to do damage, and so they don't do anything. And so then their muscles start getting weaker. You know, within a week, you can lose a large percentage of your overall muscle mass just by not moving and staying in bed. And so by keeping your muscles strong and keeping you moving, you help stretch and strengthen those muscles and help your body on the way to recovery.
1: And this extra moving isn't, you're
0: not going to hurt yourself most of the time. Is that correct? As long as you don't have one of those red flags, in most cases, you are able to go out and do whatever you need to do, knowing that there may still be some pain due to this flare up, but it's safe to go out and be active. In fact, it's kind of the treatment of choice at at that early stage. All right. So get active um,
1: or just be active as much as you can tolerate. What are some other things that a person could do before they go see a doctor?
0: Um, they can try over-the-counter medications. So nowadays we have, you know, the salon post patches or other lidocaine patches that people can use. There are a variety of topical creams. There's Tylenol, there's oral anti-inflammatories that people can take. All those are over the counter and are medications that patients can try out. Additionally, this someone depends on your insurance plan, but you know sometimes you can get direct access to physical therapy without even needing to see a doctor in certain cases. And so that's often a reasonable place to start.
1: And then what amount of time doing those types of things uh, should a patient wait until they start to see some relief or you know, start to be concerned that oh, maybe this isn't acute?
0: Yeah. So I would give it at least two weeks and see how you're feeling at that point. If at that point you're not getting better, that might be a good time to at least start scheduling an appointment with your doctor. Most patients with back pain will recover within two weeks. The next set will kind of get better over the course of six weeks. And definitely if it's been over six weeks, it's probably worth seeing a a physician to evaluate you.
1: And then when you come into your uh, physician, you could go to a primary care physician or could you come to an expert such as yourself at that point? What would you recommend
0: there? If you have a good established care with a primary care physician, I think that's a great place to start and they will often be able to help you. If you have any concerns or if for some reason you're not able to get in or you don't have a primary care physician, we're always happy to see people and get people in from the ground up um, and make sure that they're getting treated appropriately. All right.
1: And then what types of things would you do at that point for a patient that has gone, you know, two to four weeks, not necessarily seeing the kind of recovery that they like? What are you looking for at that point?
0: Yeah. So at that point, uh, we likely would get some imaging, probably starting with an x-ray, just to check to see that the bony structures are intact and there's no new issues. And sometimes there are things on the x-rays that can clue us into other potential sources of pain that we might not otherwise be able to see just from our physical and examination. We'd perform a full history and a physical examination to really get a better picture of the back pain and understand uh, how it fits in with your other medical conditions. And if there's any other rarer conditions that we really need to be looking at. At that point, then we make a decision based on everything on what the next treatment plan should be, whether it be a formal referral to physical therapy, whether it be more advanced imaging in preparation for certain procedures and considering different injections. What about surgery at that point? Um, When does that come into play? Most patients don't need surgery. And that's one of the great things, you know, the natural history of these Um, which means how people do when if we do nothing and just let people live their lives is that most people recover with it over time. It just can be very debilitating during that time. And so in most cases, surgery isn't recommended. Um, If you do have one of those red flags, I think it's worthwhile to get evaluated and then we can see whether surgery makes sense. But in most cases, there's non-surgical options that we will try first and see if we can Help get this under control or get your pain better before having you meet with the surgeons. And then, how about um, using opioid medications for back pain? Is that ever a good idea? In most cases, I would say probably not. You know, there are always exceptions to the rule, so I don't want to say never. But in in general, opioids aren't really a first line treatment for back pain. And if you look at the CDC or you look at other organizations such as the American Academy of Family Medicine you know, they don't recommend o- opioids. And part of the reason is that they've been shown to have higher risks, um, which we all know through the opioid epidemic, but also no significant benefit when compared to other over-the-counter medications. So Tylenol and Advil versus opioids, the studies show that they're roughly equal in terms of controlling the pain, and the opioids carry a much greater risk. So in most cases, we try our best to avoid opioids because we don't want to risk, risk our patient's health. And when you're talking
1: about over-the-counter painkillers for back pain, um, do you just follow the directions on the box as to
0: what your dosage should be? Or generally, do you recommend to your patients a higher dosage? It depends on the medication. But in general, I probably will recommend for Tylenol, you can take up to two extra strength Tylenols. And you can do that three times a day as kind of a high-level dose of Tylenol. And then for the anti-inflammatories, Uh, the low doses of the medication tend to be more pain relievers and at the higher doses they tend to have a little bit more anti-inflammatory effect and so sometimes for a medication like Advil uh, we can recommend up to three tablets of regular Advil three times a day. Any more than that and you should probably be seeing a doctor or checking in with them to make sure you're not using too much medication because that can have other side effects